0: We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McEachran, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. My friend Dave has a family cabin in rural Maine right on the New Hampshire border where we often visit for relaxing weekends out of the city. The small town nearby is Cornish, Maine where there is a wonderful restaurant named Krista's. A weekend at Dave's cottage always includes a visit to Krista's. We would usually go there for dinner or to just hang out at the bar and meet people. The food is great and the staff is always super fun and welcoming. Dave just kind of knows everyone there. A few years ago, we were hanging out at Krista's Bar when one of Dave's local friends, Knut, sat next to us. Me being me, I immediately started peppering him with questions. He revealed that he worked at Camp Columet, a local Lutheran camp. I immediately remembered that that was the name of the camp my best friend from high school, Kim, attended. This camp obviously had been a big part of her childhood since I remembered the name. Big surprise, he had attended Camp Columet with Kim and proceeded to immediately text her a selfie of the two of us. It was very funny, and this happened within 30 seconds of Knut and I meeting at the bar. I started following Knut on social media and saw someone who has created a life for himself as a church-going, politically-involved gay man in rural New Hampshire. I wanted to know more about him, so I asked him to be on Eager to Know. I am pleased to present my conversation with Knut Ogrin.
1: I've been very lucky in that I've been surrounded by friends and family who have loved the heck out of me and have supported me in any endeavor. And that's allowed me to feel as though that there was something underneath me that a safety net of sorts. Uh, which means that I can stick my neck out there in ways that maybe some other people wouldn't be as quick to do because they were nervous about where they would fall. I never had to worry about that.
0: That is because of how you were brought up in in your family. Is that accurate? Yeah, I
1: think so. Uh, my I'm the youngest child. My siblings and I would all agree that we we hit the jackpot with a with a strong centered, grounded, uh, decent uh, mother in particular. We, we have a mother and a father, but we, we really hit the jackpot with our mother uh, who modeled and uh, modeled for us what it means to live life the right way, The to be a good citizen, to be a good church person, to be a good friend, to be a good family member, to show up when you're supposed to. And uh, I think that 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 is huge in making it so that I, I think my brother and sister would agree that we we just, we had wings and and felt that we were gonna be okay wherever we ended up going. And my siblings and I are very, very different from one another in a lot of ways. But I think we all would agree that 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 beautiful connection that we have with with, uh, our mom and her commitment and consistent connection has given us just freedom and living with hope. We were brought up ELCA Lutheran. Um, ELCA is the more progressive of the Lutheran um, expressions. Uh, My parents met as young adults. They met through the church, and their best friends growing up were church people. Um, And so we were not like strict religious people, but we went to church every Sunday. It was something you did. Uh, it was the right thing to do, and it was good for us. Um, that's how we were brought up. And so I think that our connection to other is is tied to who we are as being brought up in the church. If we didn't go to uh, the church that we went to as kids, we wouldn't have gone to the summer camp we went to, which is a camp that I work for now. Each of, of us, my brother, my sister, and myself, if you were to Look at our most important friendships in our in our world. Ninety-five percent of those important friendships would be tied to um, our camp life and our friends there. So uh, it's a Lutheran camp, uh, but again, it's. I don't think any of us would say we're like these, um, <laughs> these uh, like hardcore, uh, churchy people. We we uh, believe that God is good. And that, um, our job is to see to it that everyone else knows that, that God loves the heck out of them and, and, uh, whatever that looks like to each person, that's our job.
0: That camp that you went to, that's the one that you are currently working for. Is that accurate? Yep. Okay. So that was a, obviously you were in touch with them over the years or did you, uh, start working for them right when you started into the workforce?
1: Well, I was a counselor as a kid, and, and then when I went to college, I continued to work for the camp during the summers. And then after that, I took a job at a church working with kids and, um, and helping kids understand older people and getting older people to understand kids, which was a really fun thing. All my professional life has been working in entities that have kept me connected to uh, camp. Uh, and then when a okay. job opened up 11 years ago, just was a good fit. The reason that uh, we, we feel strongly about our camp life is that camp is there to help people grow in relationship with each other. Uh, in relationship to God too, but in relationship with each other. And from the time I was a kid, that, that um, idea of it's all about relationships has been just sort of chiseled into my, my whole understanding. And so when it comes to financial development, that too, it's all about relationships. People give to people, so when I have a good relationship with someone and I know they love camp, it's easier for me to engage them and talk to, talk about why they love it, why I love it, how it's changed their lives, how it's how it's changed mine, and what what could happen if we if we think bigger than we might normally think to come up with a way to make to make this entity larger than we ever would have imagined. Not like bigger in terms of acreage, but uh, bigger in in the hearts of the people who care about it.
0: It sounds like you came out of your household and you were like introduced into the world, put together in a way that was very much aligned towards people and relating with people in a healthy way and sort of seeing relationships with people Um, in a healthy way you know I have a lot of friends that are you know introverts and some of them like people but they're just introverted and some of them are like "Ugh, I can't stand people like they're it's the worst part of everything is just dealing with people and it's I get the impression that that was not how you were put together
1: I I believe that I am wired to be engaged with people I, I believe that that's some for some reason that's that's just there that said it's exhausting um, i i love 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 when i look at my calendar and i see that i have a day where there's absolutely nothing i have to do uh... calls meetings uh, work where I mean I, I get to just like sit at home and not talk to another person oh my gosh I love it I am someone who's fed by that and I'm also fed by being with people if you put me in a group of people most of the time um, that's going to excite me and that's going to feed me uh, and it's exhausting
0: so let's talk about your church and i notice on facebook you have church on sundays with handsome men and cocktails i have a lot of friends that don't attend church and i think they probably would attend your church i think they should attend my church all right
1: i have been out as um the world knows me as a gay man and it's been uh six years that that's been true not my whole life um uh, in fact, there was a. I think there was a long time that people maybe wondered because I wasn't uh, dating or anything. But I, I'm, I sort of blend in. Uh, so, so, uh, you know, when I was 40, I was like, all right, if I'm ever gonna meet someone, I have to. I guess I have to come out. So I did, and um, I, I did that knowing that. My family loves the hell out of me. My friends love the hell out of me. I have a job that pays well. I'm not screwed in terms of finances. I have an education. I live in the Northeast uh, where uh, that's sort of more open-minded than a lot of other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. I had everything going for me, and I thought, I have to come out. Um, So I did. Uh, I tell you that because uh, that's part of the churchy things. I know a lot of people who are LGBTQ don't go to church because and for good reason they were brought up in churches where they were made to feel less than where they were told uh, sometimes very clearly that's not okay um, I'm so lucky that I am part of a denomination that does not view things that way so, so I I live in the middle of no place New Hampshire and I go to a little Lutheran church in uh, North Conway in uh, maybe it was three or four years ago, the church, uh, the, the members of the congregation uh, voted, uh, they did some internal education and they voted to become what's, what the Lutherans call RIC, Reconciling of Christ. And that means that um, this entity says to the world, hey, uh, these are not theological terms hey we're cool with the gays uh, come and hang out with us uh, because we as a as a community realized that for so many LGBTQ people for almost all of them they grew up hearing messages of God hates fags you're going to hell all these things and we because we don't believe that we needed to stand up and say something else um, and so I'm you know, I'm a lay leader in the church. And when we went to the COVID stuff and we were doing church from home, I was like, you know what? If if I'm going to do church in my house, I'm having awesome food and I'm having screwdrivers and I'm inviting people because it, I'm, I'm going to make this fun. And at that time, my boyfriend Colin had, had moved in for, for the COVID time. Um, and my housemate, Rob, um, uh, he, he goes to uh, nativity as well. And I thought, well, we three, we're going to wake up every Sunday. We're going to make awesome food. We're going to drink cocktails and we'll go to church. And we're going to uh, and we're gonna tell everyone on Facebook in case it's interesting to anyone.
0: <laughs> Politics. You are running for an office. Is that accurate?
1: I feel like I'm always running for something. Always losing, but always running. I, like I said before, I live in, a, in the middle of no place, New Hampshire, and I live in a pretty red place. Um, and, um, uh, my, I, if we, if I didn't run, no one would run. That's not exactly true, but it's for this conversation. Let's just say that mean, that's true.
0: Meaning from the democratic party? It, yes.
1: Um, and so I'm on the ballot knowing I'm not going to win, but <laughs> it provides me an opportunity to be known as a candidate and to talk about issues that matter. Um, mm. I'm committed to telling the truth. I'm committed to believing science. I'm committed to um, working uh, for decency, uh, working for the common good. These are things that everyone says they would, uh, would agree to. But the way we elect, the, way, the party that we belong to, says a lot about whether we really are committed to that. If you say you're for science and you're voting for a yeah. Republican t- today, that doesn't line up so well. Uh, and that's a fun position to be in in red, rural New Hampshire, to say, "What? wait, 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 I thought you said you agree with science. Then how could it possibly be, be blah, blah, blah? There's no more political, there's no, there's no more political figure than Jesus. Jesus was a political figure. Um, and so for me, as a person of faith, I feel a call to participate in bringing about a different way of viewing the world. And uh, that might include political engagement. Uh, The reason I ran for the first time in 2018 was because the state reps that were in power in my district all voted against a bill that would have made conversion therapy illegal. They all voted against... Uh, bills that were designed to make uh, uh, the T of LGBTQ um, uh, bring about justice for for transgender uh, males and females, for tra- transgender people, um, and for me as a as a an out gay dude in the again in the middle of no place, New Hampshire, I was like, you know what? That's not okay. And we can't continue to allow that. And so I'm going to run for office. And my some of my big issues are going to be: How is it that we can be okay with parents forcing their kids to try to change their uh, who they are into? Uh, that that can't be okay. We we can't yeah. believe that that's uh, that's uh, an okay thing. So that's how I got into it. Um, And, uh, as, and then just other issues came up, legalization of cannabis, um, how we look at mental illness, the opioid crisis, all these things. Um, uh, it was, I just got into it a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more.
0: When you say you get into it, is it something where it is, oh my God, like I'm having to deal with all of this stuff or is it like a energizing experience or is it a blend? Like, is it super stressful?
1: Uh, I, most of the time it's not stressful because I am not someone who's afraid of conflict. I think there are people who do not like conflict. I'm not saying I love conflict, but I'm not afraid of it. Um, I, I think that you have to speak truth at all times. And when you decide to stay quiet as a way of just trying to be polite and, and keep the peace, mm. Mm. that is basically enabling lousiness. And so I refuse to enable lousiness. When there's something that yep. says X and X is not true, I okay. say, wait a minute here. X isn't true. Come on. Let's talk about this. Let's, uh, you can't really think that. Come on. And I find that to be fun, but incredibly important.
0: Okay, great. My other question is, uh, you know, when I was just out of college uh, in 1990, I moved to Tennessee. I moved to Kingsport, Tennessee. And I was recently out in Boston. And then I moved there. And it was very uh, not a gay-friendly environment, living in Kingsport, Tennessee. And I hated how that felt. Uh, And I remember telling people, you couldn't give, and this is what I was saying back then. I probably don't feel the same now. You couldn't give me a million dollars for me to live here. Like that's how terrible it felt. And when you're 21 years old, 20 years old, a million dollars, like that sounds like that would solve all problems. And I knew that it wouldn't because I would have been living in this environment. Do you have any sense of that living in what you're saying is a red you know, a red area, does that feel um, oppressive, stressful, overwhelming. overwhelming, fill in the blanks?
1: Yes. Uh, can I ask why you went to Kingsport, Tennessee, just for fun? Uh,
0: yeah, because I um, my degree was in uh, engineering, and I got a job with a, a global chemical company that was headquartered there. So I had to go as a, as a sales rep. So I had to go there uh, to train for a year. And then I was going to be placed in a big city as a sales rep. Um, I told them after six months, like you need to put me out in the field. Like I, I can't live here anymore.
1: Sure. And was your, was your workplace, a a place where you felt okay being an an out gay dude or were you?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely not. not. Absolutely not. Not only was I, not only, uh, was it not okay to be gay in my, um, my employer? Clearly, I would hear homophobic comments. I heard one my first day at work. Uh, my first day at work in the workforce as an adult. Um, and I heard some pretty horrible things. And then also my industry, I worked in the petrochemical industry. I was in it for nine years. I never met another gay person. So I swear to you, and I swear to you in nine years. Now, obviously, I met gay people, but they were I never met an out gay person. And that's why I got out of that industry after nine years. I said, I cannot, there's no way this is going to work when I'm 40 years old. You know, being, being unmarried, there's no way I'm doing this.
1: So um, I I live here because I work here, and this this is a familiar place to me. I've I've mm-hmm. known this part of the world pretty intimately uh, since the time I was seven, eight, nine. So I it's not a scary place to be. Uh, my my brother and his wife and two kids live. Um, I can be in their house in two minutes. My I have many dear friends that live around here because they were drawn to this place because of camps similar to me. Uh, so, so I have that going for me. And yep. uh, I uh, I was saying to – with this new puppy that I have, my, my little neighbor next door, uh, wonderful little boy, he came over to meet the puppy, and, and he was um, you know a little unsure as he put his hand out to sort of pet Oscar – the great dame, and um, I said, you know, uh, the the dog can tell if you're nervous, and so you want to be, you want to, if you're not ready to pet him, that's totally fine, but if you're ready to pet him, uh, be careful, but also try not to let him know you're nervous, and I think the same is true for me living here in the middle of no place. As a gay dude, I, don't want anyone to think that I'm afraid to be here. Um, and so I'm very, I'm careful. I think I, I try to be smart. Um, when I ran for office for that first time, I talked to the Democrats and conquered the bigwigs, and I said, "Hey, look, I've never done this before. If I end up getting thrown under the bus somehow because of being gay, are you guys gonna, like, are you equipped to come in and help?" Or am I on my own? Because if I'm on my own, I'm out. And they assured me, no, 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 no. If anything like that happens, we'll, we're there for you. And same for me and, my, and uh, Calumet, where I work. I knew that um, everyone knows Calumet around here. I, just knowing that I work there is, is cred for me. So um, I, even though there aren't a ton of out people here, I knew I'd be okay. Um, Now, I happen to love quiet. This is the most quiet place going. I like trees, and I like seeing stars at night. I love breathing fresh air. I love that I tell people, I live in such a small town that when they put in the one blinking yellow light in town, people came from all over to put up... Uh, lawn chairs just sit and look at the blinking light that first night it was in um it's such a slow lazy place I love Love it um and so if you it's not that I don't like cities but I love the laid back slow living and that comes with it's probably not going to be a bunch of gay dudes who are interested in going fishing together and making out in the streams or whatever whatever people do um (laughs) Uh, I, I, when I moved here, I, um, I had like every other gay dude grinder and scruff on my phone and, um, uh, torsos, torsos, blank, uh, blank screens. Uh, So one of the things that I said to my church is the church was talking about, are we going to be cool with the gays or not? I said, do you know the dating apps on my phone? Almost no one has their face on there. Don't tell me that we don't have to do uh, this prophetic um, uh, speaking out about God does not hate gays. Uh, Gay people have been created beautifully and just as they are and need to be lifted up and celebrated. And our church needs to do that. There was only one other church, Christian church, in the whole Carroll County. It takes 90 minutes to drive from the southernmost point to the northernmost point. One other, Christian denominate, one other Christian church had a LGBTQ uh, rainbow flag out front. And I said, it can't be that there's only one church in the whole county. Come on. Uh, so I can be persuasive. <laughs> it's it's going to take a long time for this, this area to, to go to the next level of welcome. Um, in 2019, uh, where I live, uh, White Mountains Pride had their first ever Pride uh, event. And it was small, but it was it had life and it was good and kids and families showed up to North Conway uh, for our, uh, we have one day nice. that was sort of Pride Day. It was a big deal, and my church is just across the street from the from the park. And so we had our our gay symbol, and my church, God bless them, came and had a table, and um, served coffee. And uh, because Lutherans are coffee drinkers, uh, hey, we want a cup of coffee, iced coffee, come. And we just gave it away. We 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 didn't want money for it. We wanted to. We wanted people to see us, and we wanted to see them. And it was a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh,
0: years ago, I played on the Boston Ironsides, which is the um, Boston gay rugby cl- uh, Rugby cl- football club. And we used to play this team called Bull Moose. And they were from At- Bartlett. Is that where Aditash is? We ended up like completely bonding with this team. And this would have been... 2004, five, six, so it was a long time ago. And we ended up becoming like super friendly with all of them and all of the players, girlfriends loved us and they would uh, love coming to play us. And then we would have these, you know, with rugby, you always have a drink up afterwards. So we would have our drink up at like one of the uh, gay bars um, in in Boston on a Sunday and it was a, a really fun experience. And we really bonded with that team and we became, yeah, we became really friendly with them and uh, you know, their family members and their girlfriends. And I forgot about, I remembered Bull Moose, Bull Moose. I forgot that they were actually from that area.
1: I've never heard of them. I'm going to find out if they still exist and find out who those people are. That's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Bull, Bull, Bull Moose Rugby Football Club. And uh, they, I'm sure, they're probably still playing the Ironsides. I've lost touch, touch with that group. Cool, cool,
1: cool. Uh, let me just say about rugby. Rugby is a sport that is so friendly. Um, so the idea that dudes who are playing rugby with their wives and girlfriends watching, it is, it is so uh, profound for them to be. Um, to have their their edges sanded down a little bit because they're um, they're playing you and they're they're playing the game, but also getting to know who you are, uh, getting to know that you're just normal people and fun and and um, uh, and and that changes them. And so when they they go back home and they live in uh, the hills of New Hampshire, th- that that uh, experience for them changes how they interact at the volunteer fire department. Changes the way they interact with um, uh, at, at school. And um, so, again, it's about relationships. People, people's thinking shift over time because of the relationships that they have. Um, and so, I, I just love that you had that uh, experience playing rugby with, uh, with Bull Moose of Bartlett. Cool.
0: <laughs> well, Knut, well, thank you very much for talking with me. Um, this was great. I, uh, you know the the reason why I reached out to you was obviously I remembered all the all the details of our meeting at Christ's started following following you on Facebook and I thought that you had created this life for yourself uh, because I knew where you lived um, in this very small town area, which is beautiful, it's a beautiful area. it's it's super super nice, um, but it's super small town. Um, and then I saw you, Um, getting into politics and on Facebook and um, kind of taking a stand on issues. And I know where you live, so I knew that that took a lot of courage. Um, And then I also saw you doing church with these cute guys over cocktails. And I'm like, you know what, this guy's like like creating his life. He is creating a, a life for himself um that is clearly meaningful and i'm like i need to get this guy on the podcast
1: oh i'm so glad you invited me and i've enjoyed it so much and i'm thankful that you um asked such wonderful questions and i'm sorry that i went on and on and on with some of my answers but um it says something about your ability to uh participate in conversation that you you made me feel uh safe and welcome and um, that allowed me to, to share what I shared. And so thank you very, very much.
0: My name is Ricky McGuckrin and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.